A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Down the block, Inside for Elba. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast Grand Final on Sunday and there are a heap of storylines to touch on. We touched on one earlier today about Nathan Cleary chasing his second Clive Churchill Melanie's second premiership win in a row. It would really elevate him to a new level. We were lucky enough to sit down with Nathan about three weeks after the 2021 Grand Final at the end of last year. Sit down and spoke for about an hour or so. He did a dream team for us where he named his best 1-13 to of all time in his opinion. But we also sat down and spoke about about his career so far and we especially spoke about the difference between the 2020 grand final and the mindset of the Penrith Panthers then compared to 2021 there's an old saying you got to lose one to win one and as much as we didn't talk about that you can tell how many lessons that Nath learned from that first grand final and grand final week in particular too took it into his second grand final I think this Penrith Panthers side they're going to be super super confident going to this grand final with all that, that experience and that is part of um, part, one, one of the bits of, of this grand final that has me a little bit worried about the Parramatta Eels that they are lacking grand final experience coming into this one. Nath also touches on the low points of the 2020 grand final, throwing the intercept to uh, Vunavalu, who ran the length to score. Talks about 2020 at the end of the season. Uh, he'd done just about everything in the game except for lift a trophy, and he was under more pressure than ever how he dealt with that, how he deals with the constant circus of being Ivan Cleary's son and how people try and use that as an excuse for his success or for the compliments that he receives. He also touches on the importance of Happy Kurosawa and Isaiah Yo. It's a really interesting chat from a year or so ago. Some of you might have already listened to this in the past. If so, I would have a listen to it and just take into context what he has achieved since then because he does talk about at one point how the Penrith Panthers, they know the job isn't done. They've got a lot more to achieve and they've got a lot more that they want to achieve. They can definitely tick a lot of boxes this Sunday and if they're going to, Nath is going to have to be at his very best once again. the club that might have been stoked you were stuck stuck in Queensland just quietly yeah I'd say so (laughs) (laughs) mate take me back a few weeks ago uh grand final night we'll we'll start from there and we'll work backwards uh whenever I talk to halfbacks in particular 
I find that when that siren goes at the end of the game, it's more of a relief than a, a jubilation sort of thing because you're under so much pressure. Explain to me, you know, when, when that siren went, what, what, what was the emotions that you felt? Oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, I think. Um, you're definitely right about the relief thing. Um, you know, it's probably not something you think about too much, but, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely um, a relief, especially after the way last year when uh, we obviously fell one short and probably left our worst game of the year for um, the grand final. And, you know, there is a lot of pressure, especially around the halfback. So um, when you finally get it done, it's just like, uh, yeah, wow, it's actually happened. But obviously a lot of jubilation as well, just facing your teammates, um, being out celebrated with them was... Um, yeah, it's something I'll never forget. And I was, there was a few tears shed. It's a very emotional moment because, you know, you, you know how hard you work for it and how much you've wanted it, uh, especially for me since I was a little kid. And um, I guess sharing that with Dad too made it a little bit more special. And, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. That was going to be my next question. Uh, I remember the day after the grand final, I sat down with Hempy and we just sat there and thought, how unbelievable is it that all of this lines up to when father and son win the premiership and he hands you a Clive Churchill? I mean... As far as father and sons go without getting too uh, romanticised, it just it's an unbelievable moment. Yeah, we still have to pinch ourselves over that as well. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we've always dreamt of it, but for it to actually come true and the way it worked out was just, um, yeah, it's just crazy. And uh, it still doesn't even feel real for me or dad at the moment. We still sit back and, and talk about it. You know, we've been able to share these experiences with our family now back here. Um, sort of extended family so um, you know it's been cool to relive that and uh, you know I've got a great support system around us and yeah just very grateful um, to be able to do that and, and very blessed I hear they gave you a uh, dodgy Clive too what's doing there yeah they gave me one um, that had uh, Sydney engraved on it so they kind of took it back straight away and got it all sorted out but I've got it back now so it's, it's all good did you even realise I had no idea. I, was <laughs> no, I didn't think I was, you would. I was still pumped, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, just let me keep this one. But, um, yeah, they got it all sorted, so it's all sweet. That's unreal. Mate, uh, you mentioned, obviously, 2020, and I remember looking back at, at your season at the end, you know, at around Christmas time, and looking back going, fuck, this bloke, he lost four games of football this year. He didn't win a premiership. He didn't win a State of Origin Shield. You missed out on a Dally M by a bee's dick. I, I just remember thinking it might be the most successful season without actually coming home with anything. And, I mean, you're under an absolute heap of scrutiny. And it's crazy to think that you can lose four games of football in a calendar year and be under as much pressure as you were. I mean, was, was there a, a bit of head noise around that off-season? What, what sort of a state were, were you in? To be honest, like, I was actually in a pretty good state. Uh, obviously, the way things went weren't the way I wanted it to. And, um, you know, I knew I had to go back and work harder and, and try and improve and get better to, to win those games. But, you know, I knew that I couldn't change those results. And, um, you know, just dwelling on that and, and whinging about it or being a victim was going to get me nowhere. So I knew I had to work hard to try and get better and improve. And it's funny you mentioned that this year has been so different to what last year was. Last year, um, leading into that final series, it felt like everything was going right. Everything was falling into place. Um, we are playing good footy. We didn't have any injuries. And then, yeah, we just didn't get it done on the big day, which is ultimately what you're judged on. That's um, what you play the game for. So this year, you know, we, we had ups and downs in form. We had a lot of injuries. Um, but, yeah, we just found a way on the on the day to win it. And, you know, it's... Um, I guess that's history now. And obviously the Origin Series was, was a really good thing to be part of this year too. Um, those first two games were, yeah, um, what a team. I was very lucky to be a part of that back line and forward pack and the way they played my, made my job a lot easier. So, um, yeah, been very lucky this year. And um, looking back on it now, it's still uh, still pretty crazy how it's gone. 
looking in the rearview mirror once again. Uh, obviously, 2020, you climbed the mountain. You had to reclimb it this year. Was the injury after Origin maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise for you that you just got to have a little bit of a break before the finals kicked off? Yeah, I think it wasn't the worst thing. Um, you know, it ends up being a, a pretty long year if you play a full Origin series and then go deep into the finals. So um, I think looking back on it now, you know, it probably wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the worst thing, especially because we had to move up to um, Queensland during that time as well. And, um, you know, it was just a bit different. So I got to sit back and reflect on how the year had gone so far and how we could get better, how I could get better. And, um, you know, that was more a mental sort of thing, not so much physically. So, yeah, it was kind of good. Um, you know, you never really want to get injured or deal with those things. But, um, you know, it was, it was yeah, um, looking back on it now, it was probably a, not a bad thing. Now, I'm not going to hide away from it. Um, I thought the week leading into the Melbourne Storm game, I, I remember sitting there with Isaac John in their studios and us talking about that game and, Honestly, we couldn't find a way that you boys would win that game of football. Um, I look back now and it, it just seems ridiculous. But I remember at the time, I didn't have a single conversation that week about you guys beating that side. I look back at your team that won in 91 and, you know, they, they had to beat the Canberra Raiders in the, in the grand final the second year. And I sort of looked at the Melbourne Storm as your sort of Canberra Raiders. What was your confidence sort of going into that game? To be honest, I think that was probably the most confident we'd been throughout the whole final series for that game. Um, you know, it was, it was weird, but we kind of liked being in the position where, you know, people were riding us off and underdogs and, you know, we, we felt like we had nothing to lose. But we also felt like um, if we played the way we wanted to, we'd, you know, we'd be a red-hot crack to win. And, um, you know, that, that probably didn't involve playing the pretty footy that, um, you know, was what we were doing at the start of the year with, you know, the free-flying attack and stuff like that. It, just a different game in the finals and especially against a team like Melbourne we, we knew we had to play tough and save tries and um, you know we knew we'd find a couple in there somewhere and just have to defend well so um, you know it was a weird feeling but yeah I think throughout that week we were yeah quietly pretty confident and you know we'll, we'll, yeah we'd kind of been looking forward to that game since the grand final the year before so um, yeah we knew we were going to have to beat them at some stage in the finals to be able to win one so um, yeah it came a week earlier than probably what most people thought but yeah, we felt um, pretty good about ourselves. And, um, you know, Melbourne Storm are a great side, but, you know, we knew it was going to be an absolute war and, and that it was. You mentioned that you were just going to find tries in that game. For me, I think one of the highlights of the season for me was you jumping into dummy half and putting a kick out to Stephen Crichton. And I noticed two or three plays before that, you gave him a bit of a look. He was on about the tram line and, and he sort of shifted out. Was that something that you guys had seen during the week? How did that one come about? I was kind of held in the back pocket since... Oh, it was pretty early on in the year. I remember Teddy did it, so it's probably a fair bit of credit to go to um, Teddy on that one. He just did it at the end of a game, and it came off. And um, you know, Dad told me about it the next day, um, and he's like, "Did you see that last night?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I reckon we could do it." And we kind of just held it in the bank, didn't talk about it too much. And then uh, I think I started practicing it when I was out injured, just did a couple, and thought, you know, we might need it. So we went down the track, and um, it was kind of discussed. Uh, we versed them a couple of weeks before the semis and a few of us were out and they were like oh should we do it this week and we're like no no we'll hold on to it um, we'll probably verse them again in a bigger game and then um, yeah we we filled around with it uh, the week before the Melbourne game just how we're going to set it up and all that and yeah just it just kind of all fell into place um, you know I called it it probably was a bit different we were going to try to do it off the tap but I think it was a turnover we just ended up in the right spot and um, you know I put the call out and then I got the dummy half I looked up and Foxy took a step in and that's when I kind of knew it was on. So yeah, the, the way that worked out was just, yeah, it was pretty crazy. You never really, um, you'd love to stay a place, always work like that. But yeah, especially in a, it's so early in a game, 
um, a massive game against Melbourne, who are notoriously great starters. It was, uh, yeah, it was a great way to start. And I guess it was kind of a cheap way to break down their defense, which is usually um, so stout. If it would have been on the left wing, would you would you have had the balls to do it as a right footer? No, we kind of always set it up that I was going to be on the yeah. right. So uh, just the way that Foxy defends and, and all that, um, you know, I always knew that I was going to be on to the right. Mate, uh, not a bad guy to kick the ball to, just quietly, Stephen Crichton. Uh, one of the best in the air. And I thought... I thought he was the most underrated guy in your finals run by a country mile. There was literally a moment in every game that I thought if he wasn't in the position he was in, you don't win that game. There was a couple of tackles against Melbourne. There was the try we just mentioned. There was the intercept against Parramatta. And then, of course, the intercept in the grand final. Uh, A guy like him, I remember watching him play in reserve grade and sort of thinking he's just got something different about him. There's just things that he can do that others can't. How would you describe Stephen Crichton to me? Yeah, he was, he was the MVP of the finals for me. Um, you mentioned some of the plays you came up with were absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, he does a lot of good things with the ball. Um, I think his carries throughout the final series were amazing, especially coming out of yardage. But some of his defensive plays were, were unbelievable and they were what won us games. But, you know, the best way to describe him, he's just an athletic freak. And, you know, he's, he works so hard as well. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people with that sort of talent that sort of, uh, could just rely on talent to get him through, but he's constantly working hard at his game, and you know he'll he'll tell you as well that um, that intercept he took in the grand final was uh, it was it was a lot of instinct, but he's actually practiced that so many times. So he's a massive asset to our team, and I thought the bigger the game got, the more he stood up, and um, yeah, he was incredible. Let's take take me back to that grand final week, twenty twenty one. Tell me what changed from Nathan Cleary in twenty twenty. Obviously, your first grand final. Uh, what did you learn from that first grand final week that you took into the second? I was just trying to um, stay present. I think that's probably the biggest motto I've tried to live by this year. Um, and, you know, probably the biggest regret I had out of uh, last year's grand final, not so much the week, but just the game itself. Um, you know, a few things didn't go right in that first half. And um, obviously the intercept being the most pinnacle one, but it wasn't so much the, the intercept I was disappointed with. It was the way I sort of um, reacted to it after it. And I was worried too much about that rather than, worrying uh, about each play at a time and trying to get back into the game. So I knew coming into this week, I wanted to just soak up the week and take it one day at a time. Um, I knew each training session was going to be important and, uh, yeah, each day was important. So I just wanted to yeah, stay present um, and, yeah, try and do that in the, in the grand final too, you know. No game's ever going to be perfect, so you can't, um, you know, if something doesn't go right, you know, if you make a mistake or anything like that, you, you can't dwell on that too much. You can't change it. And, you know, you just got to focus on what you can do next to um, bend the game. Obviously, uh, the Panthers, their defence during that final series, one of the hallmarks of it. Your kicking game as well, uh, incredibly important. I started to notice more and more you doing those those bending sort of grubbers into the in goal, sort of aiming at the sticks. And it made me think back to a tape that I saw about two and a half years ago of you working on those kicks with Andrew Johns. You've probably done a million of these sessions, but it was a little bit of uh, content that the New South Wales Rugby League put out. And I sort of remember you practicing those and, and, you know, with all due respect, you weren't nailing them like you are now. Um, tell me about those sessions with Joey and the impact that that's had on you. It's been massive. Um, you know, those kind of sessions, I was, I was like almost ner- more nervous for those than I was for a game because it was my idol, someone I've looked up to and, and watched my whole life. And now I'm doing one-on-one kicking with him. Like you, it's kind of a pinch yourself moment. And, um, you know, it's saying that I'm very grateful that he's been able to help me and, he has played a massive, um, a massive role in me developing as a player. Um, he's constantly, you know, texting me and calling me and just giving me tips here and there. So I'm very grateful for him. And to be able to do something like that, like 
Um, as a kid, I never would have, would have dreamt that or would have thought that would have been able to happen. And I've been very lucky um, with the people around me that have been able to help me and Joey's included in that. I was talking to Jackson Hastings the other day and he, he mentioned that a session he did with Joey and he said that he was the same. He, he, he was so nervous about it. Then he got there and he was trying to do his best and he wasn't really hitting the mark and Joey had his wallet, his phone in his pocket, sunglasses on, thongs on, and he was nailing everything, looking at him going, what's wrong with you? He just said it was the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, Joey's absolutely free. Well, whenever he gets the foot in his hand, he's always doing something crazy, so it's, uh, it's pretty hard to match sometimes. Mate, uh, tell me about the impact of James Maloney on you. Uh, obviously a guy that, as you came into first grade and even before you came into grade, he just went from club to club winning, winning, winning. Uh, I imagine you would have had a little bit to do with him when he was at the Warriors in the early days under your dad. Uh, tell me the impact that he had once he arrived at the Penrith Panthers. I can't um, you know, speak highly enough for what Jimmy was like for me, and um, not only me, but also probably Jerome and the rest of the young guys in the group. Um, it was, it was, it's a pretty crazy story. Like I looked up to Jimmy when he was at the Warriors. Um, you know, I'd go into training and watch them train and obviously support them pretty hard when I was a young fella, so... Then to be able to re, be uh, reunited with him, actually playing alongside him, was um, that's another crazy moment for me. Like all these things, when you sort of look back on them and put it in perspective, it's just like, how has this even happened? Um, and again, um, very grateful that I got to learn off him. Uh, probably one regret I have is not being more successful um, with him. But uh, you know, we we're lucky enough to win two uh, Origin series together. And you know, for the Panthers, I think it was more so just his mentorship and. He sort of put us in a position um, and to kind of, I guess, build and, and become a club that was more successful and could win games because, you know, when you look at Jimmy, you just know that he's a winner. Um, just the stuff he does on the field is it's always for the best of the team and, and to win. So, um, you know, we learned a lot of him um, and also, and yeah, forever um, grateful for what he's done for me. And, you know, he was super... Um, just good with the young guys too like he wanted everyone to just succeed and get better and it was always um yeah very helpful so yeah it's, it's been great to uh, see jimmy go over there and you know it would have been nice to see him win, win the grand final but again you know it just shows his uh i guess his influence on people around him to um you know create a successful club mate you mentioned the influence that he had on yourself and jerome uh I think we all know the storyline of yourself and Jerome coming through the juniors and whatnot. I want to know about the impact that Appy Curacao's had on you because, you know, I, I still remember two years ago when he signed with the Bulldogs and then the next morning it broke that he was going to the Penrith Panthers. And I, I remember posting on Instagram that this could be, you know, the missing jigsaw piece for the Penrith Panthers. And, you know, I didn't even overly believe it as much as how it's come true. He has just been incredible for the club. But I think more importantly for, for you, tell me about Appy. Yeah, I still see Appy as someone that's super underrated as a player. Um, not only that, but as a leader as well. Um, an on-field leader, he's just yeah, he's very inspirational. Uh, he's probably one of the toughest guys I've ever played with. Um, he just just the work he gets through and how um, he plays through injuries and stuff like that. It's, you just want to play well with him because, you know, you know that he's um, putting his best foot forward every week. And, you know, he's super crafty, but um, he's also he's not a player that, um, needs to be in the spotlight or feels like he needs to be in the spotlight. He's constantly doing things for other people and I think that's what everyone loves about Uppy. Um, I know he's very highly valued amongst our team and, you know, everyone absolutely loves him. So, um, you know, I think he's been a massive influence for me. More so just the way he controls the forwards and, and his leadership on the field, but then, um, you know, he gets me the ball when I need it. And, yeah, I've absolutely loved playing with him and um, I think he's an absolute beast. Uh, another guy that's had a big influence on, on your rise over the last few years is Isaiah Yo. Uh, 
If you would have said to me five years ago, he'd be playing for the Kangaroos, I wouldn't be able to guess what position it would have been. It would have been either second row, center. I wouldn't have guessed as a 13. The the improvement in his skill set has been unbelievable to think that now I have him as the best 13 in our game right now. How important is he to your game? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, he's, uh, he's unbelievable for my game. Um, you know, I think he helps me so much and he kind of, um, I guess, unlocks me to the rest of the team. He's usually the link man and as you say, you know, he was, um, he, he was a great player when he first came in the first grade, but he couldn't kind of nail down a spot and move into the middle has been, um, you know, an absolute godsend for him. He's, he's taken it to the next level. And again, you know, I think he's underrated as a player until you actually get to play with him and realise what he does and, and how smart he is footy-wise. Um, me and him are constantly bouncing off each other about what we should be doing and, and whatnot. And, you know, he's, yeah, his ball playing is unbelievable. But not only that, he can then show the ball and come off both feet. And, um, yeah, I just think he's a he's a great player. And, um, you know, he's probably the most important uh, player in our team most weeks. I'd answer my next question, but gun to your head, no fence sitting here. you got to pick Appy or Yo to play with for the rest of your career. Which one are you taking? Jeez. You can't do that to me. Um, oh, I don't know. I'll probably say... I'll tell the other, Yo-y. don't worry. Yeah, I'd probably say Yoey. Yeah. yeah, I do love Uppy though. No, that's sort of what I was expecting, but I, I'm glad you actually answered. That's good. Um, now, mate, obviously you are the son of the coach. There's been a lot of shit thrown around as far as that goes. I I remember uh, when you when you did win the premiership, people saying, "Oh, he's only the captain because he's the coach's son." I just sat there and went, "Fuck." the kids lost a handful of games in two years. Like, uh, how do you sort of, is it just a matter of blocking all that sort of stuff out for you? Yeah, it is. And, you know, that's saying that I've had to work hard at as well. Um, you know, probably when I first came into first grade, I wasn't real good at, um, I guess, dealing with all that sort of added uh, criticism and stuff people were saying. And, um, you know, I probably read every comment on social media and whatnot. And now I've kind of, um, you know, refined back from that. I think I'm in a much better place mentally and, you, know, you, you sort of learn who to listen to and who to take advice from and, um, you know, who's got, who's there to help you get better, not just sort of try and drag you down. So, um, you know, I'm very lucky with the people I've got around me and uh, it makes it easy for me to sort of block out um, those people that have other stuff to say. I mentioned earlier that halfbacks, when they win premierships, it's more of a relief feeling. Uh, you've done it with oh, potentially 10 or 12 years still left in your career. What's the outlook now? Do, do you look at football a little bit differently now that you've got that monkey on the back? Do you feel like you, there, there's a bit more freedom to your game? Not really. You know, it, it's obviously nice to win one, um, you know, at a young age and, and all that. But, um, you know, I'm just prepared to keep getting better. And, you know, I don't think really, I really see an end game for me. Um, you know, I'm, again, I just want to um, stay present in the moment, uh, enjoy each moment and, and try and get better and improve each day. And, you know, that's the drive for me and the rest of the group is, um, you know, we're probably not content with where we're at. We know there's uh, still a long way to go uh, for us as players, but also as a group. And 
know, it's a special thing to be a part of. And um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of motivation there to, to keep moving forward. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 